Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online Angel Communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. It's Julie Jancis, and we are here with the Angels and Awakening podcast. I am here with another podcast host today. Her name is Jory Rose. And Jory, thank you so much for being with us to share your angel story. You are so very welcome, Julie. I am more than happy to be here. So talk to us about your podcast. Just let everybody know. Yeah, I have a podcast called Journey Forward with Jory Rose, and it is designed to inspire and provide tangible tools to get unstuck to create lasting change towards happiness, growth, and authenticity in your life. Love it. And we did an interview over on your podcast, and you told me this beautiful, beautiful, heartwarming angel story. So I want you to share that with our listeners. Yes. And I just have to say, having you on my podcast, I just It felt so amazing for you to share your beautiful gifts and wisdom with me. And it just felt like I was interviewing someone and I got so much amazing beauty from that. So thank you for the work that you do of connecting with the angels. I just had to publicly acknowledge how I felt after that podcast recording for my podcast. So thank you again. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. So my story is... Well, there's so many stories, but one of the biggest stories is when I was 10, my dad committed suicide. And I didn't have much of a relationship with him when I was growing up. My parents had divorced when I was three. And when I was seven, we moved to a different part of the state. So I was about five hours away from him. And so the last few years of his life, I only saw him maybe twice a year. So years later, I was going into my senior year of high school. And my dad had been in the car business. He owned a car leasing company. And my brother and sister being older than me, you know, when they turned 16, they got cars for my dad. And here I was going into my senior year of high school and I needed a car. 
And I had reached out to the guy who was the executor of my trust and asked for some money for a used car. And he had said he would give me $8,000 to go get a car. Well, the weekend before school started, my mom and my sister and some family friends of ours were in Central California on a beautiful little uh, weekend getaway at a coastal town. And one of the afternoons, we went to this garden restaurant in this darling little um, artist colony where we were, a little town called Cambria. And my sister and I, my sister is 10 years older than I, and she had a different relationship with my dad, you know, being that much older. Um, But anyhow, she and I were in the bathroom at the restaurant when we were done and we were leaving. And she says to me, Jory, if you were to drop a hundred dollar bill in the toilet, would you reach in and pick it out? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) duh. (laughs) What kind of question is that? And that was the end of it. And we walk out of the restroom and we were meeting the others outside in the back of the restaurant that had this beautiful outdoor seating and garden area. And it was kind of a breezy day. It was Labor Day weekend and something caught my attention on the ground and I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I look over and it was a hundred dollar bill folded up just lying on the ground. And being that it was a bit of a breezy day, I was kind of surprised it was just lying there folded in half. And I was more surprised that on this holiday weekend, no one noticed. And there was, I remember there was a waitress walking past and I thought maybe it had fallen from her pocket, but it didn't look like it could have easily fallen from somewhere. So I reach over and I lean down and I pick it up and I said, mom, come on. And she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, just come on. So we walk out to the front of the restaurant and we're standing on the street And I look at this $100 bill and I'm just kind of in shock because it was just moments earlier that my sister asked me that question. And I said to her, Marnie, of all the years we've ever been in a restaurant together and ever been in a bathroom together our whole lives, why did you ask now that question about the $100 bill in the toilet? And she looked at me and she said, I don't know. It was just a question daddy used to always ask. And as I was just in amazement, and as we were walking back to our car, I looked and I saw that the name of the street that we were on was Burton Drive. And Burton was my dad's name. And I felt like it was truly a gift from him. And the next couple of days, I thought for sure, every time I'd open my wallet, this $100 bill would just disappear. Like, I didn't think it was real. And a couple weeks later, I finally find the car that I needed. And I had said earlier that I was given $8,000 to go purchase a, a used car. Well, the exact total of the car that I ended up getting was $8,100 to the penny. And I felt like this truly was my dad buying me my car because he was in the car business. He most definitely would have gotten me a car when I was 16. And that $100 was exactly, I don't know where it would have come from. I I certainly didn't have it. I don't know that my mom even had the extra $100 to give me. And one of the most amazing things was there was actually some Arabic handwriting on the dollar bill. And I took a picture of it and I still obviously have the picture, but I never got it interpreted. And I'm really curious to go get that message interpreted. But I, I, I do remember taking the $100 bill to the bank as I deposited it when I was buying the car and like 
very carefully handing it over to the bank teller saying, take extra good care. This is a really important dollar bill. And she just was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and just took the, took the money. But that was my first sign that I really feel like my dad was there, that I felt like my dad was, was really giving me a gift. He was showing up because in all the areas of my life, cars would have been the thing he really would have showed up for. Jory, I love that so much. That is such a powerful story because spirit always comes through to validate in the way that would make sense to us. And so the sense to you is just such a beautiful validation. It really was, Julie. And I mean, literally, you know, sisters go to the bathroom together all the time. It was amazing that my sister chose that day of all times, of all places. And I'm really not certain Had she not asked the question, I would have even noticed it on the floor, right? But as I know, you and I have talked about the the angels are the ones who give you the little nudge to like turn your head and look, right? And, And it's funny because since then, I have had so many experiences of unexplainable events occur, a couple of which have been from my dad, but that was really the first. And I was only 16 at the time. And, you know, once I really opened myself up to receiving more, I got a lot more, as you very well know, that happens. But that remained to be one of the most amazing non-coincidences, you know, or synchronicities. And from starting such a young point in my life, it, it was a really, really powerful experience. And it brought me such comfort because I really knew this was my dad here giving me what I needed. Yeah, I love that. You know, Jory, one of the things that my angels are showing me is that as you work with clients right now and as you work with people and we are going through uh, COVID-19, that you are really helping and inspiring other people in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like as healers, what happens is that we learn messages for ourselves to then work with the people who are coming to us, right? Right. And they said that I should ask you the question because you've got a good answer that people on the podcast need to hear, that you have just been seeing these parallels and this message that needs to come through right now. And this isn't something that we talked about beforehand, but they're no. just sharing it with me right now. So um, I feel like you know what that is. I do. Yeah. And so I, I want you to share it. Oh, thank you so much for asking, Julie. You know, I feel like during this pandemic, this is really the universe calling to all of us to say, hey, guys, it's time to shake something up. Something wasn't working. And it's clear that it wasn't working with the glorification of stress, the disconnection of families, the um, the social media being the only way people communicated in a very distancing sort of way, unlike the way that Zoom is bringing people together right now. And I feel that this is really the universe's call to all of us to really practice mindfulness. And by that, I mean to slow down, to get off autopilot to learn how to exhale and to reshift into becoming aligned with our intentions. Because without this COVID-19 pandemic, and this is not to take away the the true deep suffering that's occurring right now. I, I know there's very deep suffering from people suffering from illness, from job loss, from, you know, great amounts of anxiety and insecurity. And even those in suffering right now do have a choice in how they get through that suffering. 
And that mindset shift to say, okay, universe, I'm, I'm heeding your call and I'm ready to look at myself and see what needs to be shifted to get the whole planet back into alignment. Because I just imagine, you know, um, the universe, whether you call it God, whether you call it Mother Nature, whether you call it the universe, spirit, whatever, whatever your word is, I have this visual of, you know, somewhere out there, they taking the whole globe and shaking it like a, like a magic eight ball or a snow globe or something. Maybe a snow globe is a better visual because we need to let everything settle. And prior to all this, the energy was amped. And I wasn't bringing people peace or joy or connection. And I really believe that we are going to come through this with a higher elevation of being, a more purposeful way of living, really getting rid of the habits and patterns of things that haven't served us for a long time, but we didn't think were options to be able to shift out of. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel that very deeply in my heart. And this is the message I've been working with, with my clients, with my online work, with my Facebook group. It's really been about how can we respond and not react right now to what we're facing? Yeah. Because yeah. the habit might have been to react and to go into immediate fear and anxiety and stress and overwhelm and depression and addiction or anger or out, you know, however we release that toxicity that we don't otherwise know how to manage mindfully. Right. So how are you seeing your clients do this in a healthy way? I think it would be good for the listeners to have some examples. Yeah. One of the very first things, you know, well, I guess to back up for just a moment, I teach mindfulness and meditation, and that is the focal point of my work. I think truly mindfulness is the answer to everything, because like I just said, mindfulness is what gives you the ability to respond and not react to what's arising. Mindfulness gets you back into the present moment versus ruminating into the past or going into fear and anxiety of the future. And at the root of developing that skill to be able to do that is creating a foundation of meditation. And I teach meditation in a very practical, easy way because I think meditation is often daunting for people to start because there's a lot of assumptions and misconceptions what it means to meditate. People say, my thoughts won't stop. I get restless. I get distracted. I get bored. My body can't sit still. All of that's true. And all of that's still going to be there. That doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you've been given a wrong, you've been sold a wrong bill of goods of what it means to meditate. So to me, meditating is simply just practicing of observing what's arising. Your thoughts, your emotions, the sensations in your body, your distractions around you. And just noticing, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's interesting. Look at that. And when we are able to just stay in observation without attachment, without judgment, without inner critic taking over and just coming back to our breath or another focal point of attention, perhaps a sound or maybe your feet on the ground or noticing where your hands are resting and continuing to always choose on purpose to bring your mind back from wherever it's been pulled. I often describe the mind as like a hyper puppy and we don't get mad at the puppy. We train the puppy. So the mind is going to wander off like the puppy. So you would say, Oh, look, there it goes. And let me just simply bring it back. So your awareness is the thing to say, Oh, look, there it goes. Your compassion is the part that says, oh, it's just my mind doing what my mind does, or oh, it's just a puppy being a puppy. And then the ability, the choice to bring it back 
to your focal point of attention. So your breath or that, you know, focal point is like the leash on the hyper puppy bringing it back. And the more, the more you do this, the easier it becomes to notice and the key. And so when you practice meditation, it informs your ability to be more mindful in your day-to-day life. Perfect. And I totally agree with that. Spirit has added one more step when I'm working with clients, which is they will say that most people don't go through their day and let's say, oh, this is what I'm thinking right? If you're starting really at ground zero with this from square one, um, what Spirit has shown me is a lot of times what people will do is they will first become aware that they are having a good day or a bad day. Right. And then once you have that, you can kind of go inward and say, what is the emotion that I'm feeling within myself right now? And label that emotion. And I think it Google is just so amazing because you can go on Google and print a one sheet paper of so many more emotions that you thought were even possible. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> you, I, I don't know off the top of my head that I could name that many feelings or emotions, but when you look at this list, there's like over 50 or 60, right? Oh, I gave a podcast interview for a guy the other day who posted um, on my show notes, a list of 75 unpleasurable emotions. I'm like, I can't even think of 75, but you know what you're bringing up, Julie, is really important and a really powerful part of the mindfulness practice because mindfulness is the quality of presence you bring to each moment. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to always be in the moment. So the key is to notice when you're not right. Cause we so often we think we're, we're paying attention. We think we're present. We think we're being aware, but we're really not present. And the key, when you, when you mentioned that piece of is our day good or bad? Ideally, the more we practice, the less we actually label and the more okay we are with either one. Because we tend to push away what's hard and what we don't like. And we tend to grasp and cling and hold on to what we do like. But when we're being mindful, we're really having the ability of equanimity, which is to say, it is what it is. And in that recognition, it's not my emotion that matters. It's what I'm doing with that emotion that makes the difference. Yeah. And so here's what spirit has taught me. So you come in, you kind of, and I do think that it is important though. What This is just my, my personal, yes. what I have seen working with my clients is that when you do label the emotion, what happens is that you can then come to the mind and say, okay, what statement or what belief system or what yes. am I attaching to within the mind? Yes. Because there's always something there that's making me feel this vibrational frequency with absolutely the body. not saying that one emotion is bad and one emotion exactly. is good but that it, there is this process that spirit has taught me for when we go inward I, I think that's one of the biggest questions that my clients have sometimes yes okay I hear I hear I hear you everybody always says go deep go deep well how do you do it so If you go inward, you label that emotion, which is really just a vibrational frequency within you, so neither good nor bad, 
Then you come up to the mind and you say, okay, this is why I'm feeling this. It's related to this thought that was just like that puppy dog that came by, but I attached to it. I believed it. I gave it power by saying it was true. So now I'm attached to it. And then we go to, well, then what do we need? And Mm -hmm. what do we need is sometimes to thought correct, to think the opposite, to daydream in the future as if what we want has already happened. Sometimes it is to take action. But what I find is that so many people have this blockage or this heaviness in the throat chakra right now because they don't know how to get to this point of speaking their needs. And it's because the process starts really with going inward first. I think about like conversations. Have you ever gotten into a conversation with somebody and you didn't really think it through and you get into the conversation and you're like, wow, that really did not go the way that I wanted it to. You didn't even really know what you wanted until that person maybe led the conversation for you. Yeah. What I think we need to do as a society now is go inward first and understand where we're at vibrationally so that we know what we need because only we can advocate for ourselves to get that by speaking our truth. Yeah, it's so powerful. And, you know, even with what you're describing, you know, it's one of the most simple things that I I say to people I work with is just name it. Mm. And, you know, it's actually fascinating when Because what happens is what you're describing, you know, the scientific backing of that is without the labeling it or naming it, our emotional brain just takes over and it shuts us down from accessing our ability to even be curious or reason with it. So naming it, and we can name it in a way that isn't good or bad, right? It's just naming, oh, wow, look at that. I'm feeling anger. Oh, wow, I'm anxious. And, you know, there's also what you're, what you're saying is exactly what I teach you. And I, you know, have a little bit of different language to put, but we're doing the exact same thing really is having people understand that anytime you have a thought or emotion or a sensation in your body that like that interconnectivity of thoughts, emotions, and sensations can happen almost immediately. And we tend to, again, push away the ones that are hard and icky and that are, you know, we don't like. But then we miss out on the opportunity of just being with what that's here to teach us or what we're here to learn from that or what we're here to just accept. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there's so much importance with that right now because of everything that we do see. Like I was going through the grocery store. I I wrote uh, one of the angel message Monday blast emails about this last month and going through the grocery store for the first time after coronavirus hit and seeing the shields up and the lines marked out and everybody wearing masks. And I think that there is this thought within so many of my clients, because they're just not aware of how this works, that if you were to be meditating or in that vibrational frequency, that you have to be seated in lotus position. But you One know, of the misconceptions. <laughs> yes, yes. But here I was in the middle of the grocery store and I had this rush of all of this anxiety that just kind of flooded of and almost fear too of how different this all was. Very much a sense of uncomfortableness. And I said, I'm just going to pause. I literally stopped in the aisle, paused, 
just recentered my energy, recentered my vibration to just come back to stillness and peace. And I looked up and I smiled and there was a woman walking towards me and she was smiling too. And I thought she's wearing a mask and smiling. I'm wearing a mask and smiling. And I could tell we were smiling at each other. So as she passed, I go, how beautiful is it that we can see one another's smiles through masks? And so from there on, since I knew that, I just went around and I tried to smile at every person I passed because that smile alone just shifts your vibration too. Yes. Yeah. It really does. And I love that you brought up this point because the the market is a great place to meditate. (laughs) You know, just notice what's arising inside of you and just breathe, give it space to exist and come back. I think the most important part is the exhale because we take so much in, but we don't let enough go. Yeah. And when we exhale, we activate the calming part of our brain. I love that. That's so beautiful. Because I do find that that's true. Your exhale, when you're really working on your breath work, is so much longer or drawn out than the inhale. Mm -hmm. And it literally, you know, when, when you take that expanded breath, it activates the vagus nerve in your back, which travels up your spine to your brainstem. And the vagus nerve literally presses down on the parasympathetic part of your nervous system, which is the rest and digest. So even people who say, oh, breathing doesn't help. Okay. Well, you might think that, but it actually does from a physiological standpoint. So it's pretty powerful. So for those who know nothing about breath work, is there some things that you could just teach them? I wasn't expecting, we were just going to do an angel story, but I'm just going to put this up on Monday because it's like a full interview. I love it. So I'm wondering for those who don't know about breath work or where to even start with breath work. I mean, it is so powerful. It makes you feel so much better. You're bringing in that healing energy. Can you walk us through maybe like a short breath work exercise? Absolutely. So before I I do a short guidance of one, let me just say that I'm probably the um, most flexible mindfulness and meditation teacher you'll find because when I was learning how to do this, I found I got so caught up in the right and wrong that I was missing the ability to connect with myself. So I just want to give that as a broad overview, because while there might be some right and wrong ways, everybody's body is different. And the other thing I just want to point out, if you do have any respiratory issues, if you have body trauma, such as abuse or sexual abuse to the body and really high anxiety, oftentimes the breath is going to be really hard to access. So if you're doing a meditation that is fully solely focused on breath work, that might not be the best place to start because the breath might be the source of anxiety rather than the ability for you to bring greater peace to your body. So I just want to give that little caveat because sometimes coming too much into the body might be counterproductive for someone who's got trauma, really high anxiety or respiratory issues. If that's the case, you can ground your awareness into your feet or your hands. That's a really great way to ground yourself physically, bringing your attention into your feet. The universe has got you. You're you're supported by the universe underneath you. So bringing your awareness and attention to your feet, grounded on the floor, wiggle your toes is a great way to get present if you can't access the breath. 
or even just touching your fingertips to your thumb, it's a great way because we have got meridian lines in our body and our thumb will activate those ends of those meridian points, kind of giving us a emotional acupressure. And again, the key with all of this is placing your mind's attention somewhere on purpose. And so wherever you're placing it, whether it's your breath, whether it's your feet, whether it's your fingers, whether it's even sounds that you hear, it's getting off of the wandering mind and the mindless mind. And it's strengthening the muscle of your brain to place your, to strengthen the awareness and put your mind's attention where you choose. The more we do it, the easier it becomes. So that's the little caveat to the breath work and then the additional tools for people who might want to choose other ways if they need to. And you can also augment in all ways. You, know, you can do all these different things. That being said, there's a couple of different things I like to say about the breath. When you're very first starting a meditation practice, I find it's really easy to get too caught up in the head of, am I doing it right? Am I breathing in through my nose? Am I, you know, and we miss the point of being able to use it as a grounding and calming presence. So the way that I guide people to start is I will invite them to gently close their eyes if they wish. So those of you listening can do this right now. And I invite you to notice where in your body are you noticing yourself breathe? So just noticing the breath. We're not trying to change or alter it. We're simply bringing our awareness into the breath. So perhaps you're noticing your diaphragm expand or contract, or perhaps you're noticing your chest rise and fall. Maybe you're noticing your shoulders raise up and down with your breath. Or perhaps you're even noticing the air pass through the tip of your nose. So there's no one better place than any other to notice your breath. Just simply bringing your awareness to your breath breathing through you. You don't have to do anything for it to occur. And once you've located where in your body you're noticing yourself breathe, I invite you to connect with the words breathing in and breathing out inside your mind. And as you say the words in your mind, you connect to the natural quality of your breath breathing through you. And perhaps now that you've located this breath in the body and you've connected with the words in your mind of breathing in, breathing out, this inherent awareness begins to slow the breath ever so slightly. It begins to deepen the breath. And if you find that your mind is starting to get caught up in chatter and thought, just notice that. Don't judge that it happened and just simply invite your awareness and your attention back into the breath and back into the body. And a lovely visual that I invite you to take notice of is imagine the breath coming from your root, coming up through the diaphragm, filling up your diaphragm. Imagine the breath, the breath traveling up to your chest, filling you up, coming up through the tip of your nose and the crown of your head as this breath fills you up with all that's nourishing and healing. And as you exhale out, exhale out slowly through your mouth as you imagine the breath traveling down, back through the back of your head, down your spine. And as you exhale out, 
breathing out all that no longer serves you. And letting that breath reground you and root you back into your soul. One of my favorite mantras to guide in breathing is breathe in all that nourishes and heals you. And breathe out all that is spent, all that you no longer need to carry. Just notice how it feels to have slowed down for just a moment, connecting with this breath. Perhaps you could even place one hand over your heart or one hand on your diaphragm, just feeling the physical sensation in your body of the breathing in and the breathing out. And know that you can come back to the breath anytime, anywhere for the purpose of grounding, of healing, of rooting yourself into this present moment, to breathe in all that's nourishing and healing and to exhale out all that you don't not, no longer need to carry. So I hope you guys enjoyed that short little breathing practice of connecting with your awareness into your body. And just notice how it feels. Without labeling it as good or bad, just notice, right? Just giving it space. How'd that feel for you, Julie? Oh, it's so nice. I love that. I love how you walked us through that. I could really connect with your energy too and felt a very high vibration right away. Oh, good. You know, I a couple of things about the breath, like I started to say, when I was learning to meditate, I got caught up on... How am I supposed to breathe in? How am I supposed to breathe out? You know, where am I supposed to feel it? Is my diaphragm supposed to expand or contract on the in-breath and the out-breath? And I was getting so caught up in the right or wrong of it all. I was missing the benefits of just allowing what already was happening. Yeah. I want to ask you one more question because you are so real and you are so authentic. And what I've noticed a lot over the last year is that a lot of healers are busy, right? Creating their businesses, helping people, taking care of their own families. And clients often come to us and ask, well, how much time should I be spending with Mm. this? And I feel like there's so much work that can be done just like we did in this short breath work, right? Yeah. Where there's different philosophies out there. But what I feel is, of course, everyone's different. And especially whatever you are in your life circumstances is going to change this too. But once you kind of get to a place of balance, you can use shorter tools to help you shift your energy, to help you hold that high vibration. I think sometimes there's this misconception that we're living in a meditative, you know, lotus position eight hours a day. And while some people try and put on that facade, maybe it's not real. So I thought Mm -hmm. maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, I, like I said, I'm a very practical teacher. The key is to meet yourself where you're at. And when I was first being taught these tools, I was told you how to meditate for 20 to 40 minutes a day for it to, quote, be valid, for you to get that foundation of strengthening the muscle of the brain to increase your awareness, to really practice mindfulness throughout the day. 
And I'm like, I don't have 20 to 40 minutes a day. And if I did, I'm likely not going to be sitting in meditation. I can guarantee you that. And I had to look for the moments in which I could bring this awareness to my practice in a way that I was going to be successful at. Because if I wasn't successful at it, I wasn't going to stick with it. I just, I knew myself. So I invite you to find 30 seconds, a minute, maybe one or two times a day, just like you did in the grocery store to slow down, increase awareness of what's arising in you, take a few moments to breathe, exhale out what you no longer need to carry, and just notice how that felt to just take that pause. And, you know, meditation, as we described in that lotus position, right, when you're, creating, when you're creating that space for that stillness, that silence, I call that the formal practice. How you're able to transfer that off the cushion into your everyday life, that's the informal practice. That's the, that's the mindfulness piece. That's the quality of your presence and awareness, right? So we know the more you do it, the easier it is in everyday life to just be non-reactive, to be more present, to be more compassionate. But you can do that in small little spurts throughout the day, not on a cushion and not in any particular position. So I actually started in my car because that's where I had time. And when I wasn't carpooling my kids around, I would make the conscious intention to not put on the radio, to put down the phone and to simply breathe. And take a few moments while I was driving to consciously breathe in, consciously breathe out. Of course, my eyes were open, so I wasn't, quote, meditating. And I was noticing my surroundings. I was getting really present. That was how I started to meditate. Yeah. So, you know, everything can become a meditation. It's simply a matter of awareness and intention to bring your quality of attention into this moment. And the breath is really powerful. And the breath is going to, you know, nourish us of what we need to bring in and we can exhale out what we no longer need to carry. And Julie, I'm feeling my angels right now telling, calling me to, to share a short example with you that I think you're like, I, I need to share this. So if anyone who's listening right now has something nearby that they can hold, I just grabbed my, my glass of water. So if you can have something nearby that you can pick up and if you hold it, and if I were to ask you, how much does it weigh? Well, I just filled my water. Maybe mine weighs a pound or two, but it's not very heavy, right? So, you know, anyone listening, just holding whatever they're holding and ask yourself, does it, how much does it weigh? Is it very heavy? Well, if I were to say to you, you have to hold this for the next minute, it might start feeling a little bit heavy. If I were to say, you have to hold whatever is in your hand for the next hour, would it get heavy? it would certainly start to feel a little bit heavier. If I said you had to hold this for the next 24 hours, would it be heavy? Absolutely. Does the actual weight of it change? No, the weight of it does not change. The key is the longer we hold on to something, the heavier it is to carry. And we go through life holding on to things that are so heavy, not recognizing we have an opportunity to put it down. So if I put this heavy glass down, I'm not denying or resisting or ignoring it. I'm just shifting my relationship to it. The longer I hold it, I'm suffering. And I get stuck in my head to say, why me? Why this? This is so hard. But I recognize, and this is what the exhale allows us to do, allows us to put down 
what has been otherwise too heavy to carry. So I love this visual of connecting with what are we energetically holding on to that we can simply just place down. It's a really powerful practice to come into awareness of. I think that's so beautiful. And what you're talking about is any different emotion that flows through and we just become aware, like the yes. puppy, the puppy's attention has diverted and that is um, bringing in frustration or fear, anxiety, or yes. whatever it might be. And so we just kind of let the leash go, right? And we detach from the puppy and we just allow the puppy to be yeah. and allow us to be. Yeah. So, you know, it's, these are beautiful tools that are applicable to whatever it is that's arising. Jory, I am so grateful for you because we did not come on here to to share yes. all of this. But as I was talking with you, the angels kept like just directing the conversation. So I am just so grateful for the person that you are oh, and the beautiful, you, amazing healer that you are. Um, you're just such a beautiful soul and an angel in this world. And um, for anybody who wants to find you, where can they find yes. you online? The best place is to visit my website, joryrose.com. It's J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E.com. Um, there you'll find access to my online courses, to the books that I've written, to my coaching that I do. You'll also get access to my podcast. I've got a ton of freebies up on my site. Um, you'll also be able to do the one-stop shop for all my social media on Instagram. I'm Jory Rose. I've got a Facebook group that I post daily videos of mindfulness and meditation, really creating community. So that's the best place to access me. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Jory, for being on the show you today. You are so welcome, Julie. It's absolutely my pleasure. Stay healthy and be well. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one -on -one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one -on -one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? 
How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now.
Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now the way that Spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close and as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with the snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute.
Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God, please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. 
It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.